Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Welcome to the Abroad Japan Podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broder, we're joined by Pete Donaldson, and I'm so excited I've lost my words. It's another one of those episodes where I can't do the slick opening. Hey, dear no. Pete, what's going on, though? I don't think you've ever done a slick opening, so to speak, <laughs> no, and, and there'll be no more said about Chris Broad's slick openings, to be quite frank. Uh, yes, hello, uh, this is the Abroad Japan Podcast, <laughs> oh, just uh, and I'm Pete Donaldson. I'm really discombobulated. Bobulated, baby, because I just got off a flight from New York City and I have spent all morning launching a brand new podcast uh, and I'm just really confused about what I'm doing. <laughs> First class, private jet, Pete Donaldson experience. Nope. I know, I, I can't remember if you mentioned <laughs> nope. it on the Back podcast. Of the plane. <laughs> oh, not again. I can't Back remember if you mentioned it at the end of last week's podcast, but you told me, I think after the podcast stopped recording, you told me you were very angry because all mm. your staff went like yep. business class yeah <laughs> and you so you the treat him right company, baby he went eco- economy class and because you didn't even know they were going business and you were living you were so business angry business partner jonathan said uh pete uh, just book your own flights and just clear on expenses. And I say, I will, I will do that. And then turned out he'd, he'd got, he'd managed to get a mate's discount on bloody a few business class sites, like, flights when he uh, <laughs> did it. And and now uh, and so I bloody booked stinking, um, yeah, I'd booked stinking bloody coach. Fuming, wow. fuming I am. A man of your Chris. stature, a man of your scope and stature in the economy class. Who'd have thought? Oh, it? gutted, absolutely gutted. How do you feel to be back in the UK? Then, what's the new podcast you're launching? You haven't told me about this. It's got. I have. It's. It's. I have though. I have though, Chris. Basically, um, you might have seen them on on Twitter. They're called the Exploding Heads, and they do a uh, a lot of like sort of satirical uh, kind of. Uh, talk radio parodies uh, for British people, basically um, taking the piss out of the sort of people who phone in like Talk Sport and phone in LBC and stuff like that. And they're always really angry Brexiteers who want uh, less immigration, <laughs> a smaller government, and they just seem to be really annoyed about um, rich black footballers buying houses for their for, the, for their families. Um, and they're very very funny. And I was like. Yeah, let's do a podcast, and it's basically a parody of uh, talk radio, and and I, oh, cool. I believe in it uh, massively. I think they're really talented lads, and uh, yeah, it's out today. It's called Sports Horn, uh, <laughs> Sports, Sports Horn. Horn. So just if you're on Spotify, or whatever, Google it, have a little, have a little listen because it's very funny. It's like a scripted uh, sitcom, basically, uh, and you should listen it to out. it too, Chris. Check it out, Chris. It's good. It's very good. Whenever I'm back in the UK, actually, I I, I would put on LBC. Uh, it's, mm. For people that don't know, it's what's it was it literally mean uh, lo- London's leading Britain's conversation. conversation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it a, used to be London, and then it then it went uh, national. I think yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Correct. But they, they bring on a host of presenters and they battle it out with listeners of all different mm. political spectrums. And uh, it's just fascinating, as you say, well, like, hearing one, all these... One, like, one particular political part of the spectrum. <laughs> it depends. Well, yeah, yeah t- true, true. It also depends who the like the talk show host is. You've got everyone from Nigel Farage uh, to yeah. James O'Brien. And uh, yeah, I love listening in. And I, yeah, I'd, I'd, these, I'd, like, say, angry I'd people. say everyone everyone on the station is more Farage than anyone else. And then James O'Brien has... He's like a little island of common sense Reason. in my opinion so yeah Why and James we, O'Brien uh, actually so exploding heads when they do their parodies um, they always have a character called Colin from Portsmouth and he rings up and like expresses some stuff about the walk agenda and the host always ends by going love to the family Colin um, and James <laughs> O'Brien ended one of his calls by some blithering idiot who wanted a ban on fucking crayons or something um, uh, by saying love to the family love to the family because <laughs> he's a fan <laughs> of exploding heads so and you should hey, do too <laughs> We should do that with the Abroad Japan podcast. We should have uh, listeners radio. Yeah. We've never done that before. I don't know how you do sure. it. Do it. We, d- we could figure it out. On? We could figure it out. We'll just do like a live Twitch stream and have people phoning in or something. I don't know. There's loads of ways to, to do this sort of thing. Uh, and just be guaranteed that if me and Chris put our heads together you will be getting the most botched version of that <laughs> that, 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 that style uh, but yeah I just got back from uh, America Chris I did uh, a thing for the first time in America and I'm very excited uh, you ate a Philadelphia cheese steak thing I did not eat a Philadelphia cheese cake, oh. but I drove a car I think I probably spoke about oh it on the God. show last week I drove a car picked up a car from the rental facility of um, uh, Newark Airport I drove it down to Philadelphia, Ooh. then drove over to Nucky Thompson's gaff, Atlantic City, which is, uh, it's, it's very much like where I live, South End. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's, it's, a, it's pretty rough around the edges. Uh, it's, like, <laughs> it's like Vegas, but smaller and rough around the edges. <laughs> Good Lord. What was the experience of driving in the US like? It looks I, kind so of scary. I thought, so I thought it was going to be really stressful because, you know, I've never driven uh, in a left-hand car on the right-hand side of the road mm. um, and I've never driven anything bigger than a Fiat 500. And this car... And, and I'd ordered the smallest car deliberately. I said, just give me the smallest car. I want it to be just like a Fiat 500. And they gave me a car... You know what Americans' idea of small car is? It's the size of a fucking bull. <laughs> like, a, like, <laughs> like a big fucking car. And I'm like, oh, God, this is massive. I'm going to crash everything. But I didn't. I didn't crash. I I was like about 10 minutes in and I'm like whoa this is really comfortable I was really and and all of because it's a newer car and a, and a bigger car has more kind of odds and sods to it so I had a rear camera I had um, overtakey um, kind of blind spot little indicators on my wing mirrors I had Ooh. at one point um, I, I mean I, I was driving very well I must admit but there was one point when I was rolling, when I was trying to uh, sort my flight out, for, uh, and, and I started rolling towards the car in front, and uh, the car did suddenly go, pre-collision advice or something, pre-collision alert, and it basically just alerted me to uh, to, 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 to the, the fact that I was going to crash. Uh, so that's good. Oh, <laughs> so I think all cars should have that, quite frankly. <laughs> you're going to start driving around the UK in your big American SUV a big American SUV. It was, it was, a, it was a, a Ford... Ah, I don't know, Ford something or other. A Ford Massive. uh, But it was was gigantic, uh, for me anyway. And by American standards, probably quite small and diminutive. But uh, what a a cool experience. Uh, And and (laughs) I only only accidentally booked it for two weeks uh, when I actually needed it for three days. Uh, So it cost me a ridiculous amount of money. (laughs) But I enjoyed the experience immensely. 
Well done. The experience Everyone. of driving a car that is good yeah, and not a Fiat 500. But it just means car. I'm happy to kind of like drive in Japan and stuff now. I'm, I'm more than uh, relaxed about it. Yeah, <laughs> Even I'd if say... you're not. <laughs> no, I, I think driving Japan's like a walk in the park, to be honest. Like, mm. people here are pretty good drivers. People often say that they're not. Like, Japanese drivers aren't that good. But 10 years on the road, I can tell you they are. They are, like, you, people don't tailgate you as much here as they right. do in the UK. Whenever you look in your rearview mirror in the UK, there's someone with a BMW or an Audi, and they want to kill you and your family and <laughs> ram you off the fucking road. In Japan, right. tailgating happens, but it's a bit rarer. Unless you get a Chiba. Yeah. For some reason, people in Chiba, nutters. Crazy drivers, Interesting. as you'll discover. But because <laughs> they drive on the right side of the road here, the correct side of the road, as we do mm. in the UK, it, it's really easy, you know, mm. compared to the US. Yeah. I still don't think, I, you know, I remember driving around France for the first time and it was just terrific mm. and really quite scary. Maybe that's just French <laughs> drivers. I got my first speeding ticket in France and I got my second speeding ticket several months after that with you. So Yeah. There you Good go. Stuff. <laughs> I, in the space, actually, no, I, I hadn't. I hadn't got a single speeding ticket, and then in the space of eighteen months, I got a speeding ticket in France, Japan, and the UK, and it was just terrible luck. Or maybe I was a bit <laughs> reckless that year. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> we got a story this year, this year, this week from Catherine Butler from the UK. She says, "Dear Crystalline Chris and Porous Pete, are you Porous Pete? <laughs> are you Porous?" <laughs> I don't know. After a few drinks, maybe. Booze, yeah. <laughs> Just absorbing yeah. booze constantly. <laughs> <laughs> this summer, I was lucky enough to be able to get into the country as a researcher and spend six oh. weeks in Tokyo, Hokkaido, Iwate, and Kansai gathering material for a book on British children's books in Japan. Wow, that's pretty cool. Very specific, yeah. Catherine. Uh, anyway, this is a story about when I went to Hokkaido. I took the bullet train from Tokyo as far as Hakodate, then transferred to a limited express to Sapporo. This last leg looked a bit weird, even on paper, considering that Sapporo is the largest city, uh, largest Japanese city north of Tokyo. The Limited Express was timetabled to take three and a half hours to do the 160-mile trip, not much mm. less than the Shinkansen had taken to go from Tokyo all the way to Hakodate. I boarded at 2pm, expecting to get to Sapporo at 5.30pm, where my friend Mami-san was busy checking out Izakaya pubs. We travelled <laughs> without incident for about an hour, at which point the train pulled into a very small town called Yukamo, uh, sorry, Yaku, Yakumo. Uh, the Yakumo. train sat there for 40 minutes, then an hour. Recorded announcements in Japanese, English and Chinese apologised occasionally for the delay. By the time we'd been in Yakumo for two long hours, the recorded announcements had been abandoned. The man sitting next to me was a railway otaku who explained that they were worried about the next station being overwhelmed by rain and were checking the tracks. I was quite surprised that the home of the Sapporo Snow Festival could be so quite easily derailed uh, by a bit of rain uh, that it wouldn't have looked out of place on a Sunday in Manchester. The fourth hour came and went then the fifth I told Mami-san to go to the Izakaya without me by the time the track had been declared sound they decided to get a rail replacement bus finally around 10pm we were shown onto a bus arriving just shy of 2am in the morning good god a row of Sapporo station staff bowed in deep apology as we passed but no one offered any actual help luckily my hotel was in walking distance so I'd have been in real trouble all the best guys Catherine Butler from the UK 59 years old <laughs> I I mean that route I did this route actually with Connor uh, a year ago when we went to Sapporo because I don't like flying uh, even though it's like a one hour flight from Tokyo to Sapporo or 
it, or, or it's like a bullet train ride to Hakodate and then the local train. Yeah. But the thing is, the bullet train plus local train equals like six or seven hours. And I was like, let's just do the bullet train, Connor. And uh, it turned into this really long, epic journey that Connor really <laughs> loathed. And I enjoyed it. I just put the headphones on, listened to David Bowie. It was a great old time. Uh, but in, in hindsight, it would have been a lot easier just to fly. And then I did fly. So I decided after that route, after taking so long, I flew to Sapporo and we filmed the uh, Journey Across Japan winter special with Joey and Natsuki in, um, in January, two months after that. And yeah. uh, as we took off from Sendai, the pilot said, oh, there's so much snow, our plane might not be able to land and we might have to turn and come all the way back. Oh and that was when I massively regretted getting on the plane and wished that we just got on the train again. <laughs> Fortunately, we were right there. It, there was a nasty blizzard and the, the flight was very, very bumpy. Uh, mm. But it was worth it. Honestly, I'd, I'd fly. And so should you next time, Catherine. But I'm glad you got out of Yakimo after six or seven long hours. I don't even know where Yakimo is. I'm going to look it no. up. Because I probably I cycled through clue, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably cycled through it two weeks ago. Uh, anyway, okay. over to you, Pete. What's the story of the week? Well, I look up where Yakumo is. Ah, <laughs> oh, Chris, have you ever... <laughs> have you ever moved dried peas using a straw in 30 seconds? Have you ever spun a fidget spinner on your nose? Have you ever dunked a biscuit, like, but took ages doing it? Have you ever flipped a load of coasters and caught those coasters with a chopstick? Well... Mr. Cherry what? Yoshitake, otherwise known simply as Mr. Cherry, uh, is a Japanese comedian <laughs> who holds 26 Guinness World Records as of September. All of them are pretty insane, and he, he's gone like pole dancing on Tokyo rooftops, he's cosplayed as the uh, Beijing Olymp- Olympics uh, mascot. Um, what I like about this is he's he's kind of like he's a guy who owns so many uh, so many Guinness World Records. My favourite one is very much uh, crushing nuts with his bomb. Uh, he he oh he's crushed the most amount of nuts with his bomb in thirty seconds. Seventy eight nuts crushed on a TV show in Milan, Italy, in February of this year. Mr. Cherry Oshitake, he he does not take his time when it comes to uh, sitting on a load of nuts. Um, Basically, the the, the idea of like a kind of like uh, a kind of variety comedian uh, in Japan is so kind of out there and so kind of like busy and just constantly thinking of new things to do. I just think that sort of comedy is so inspirational. It's like... It's a little Timmy Mallet-esque, I think. I think it's fair to say. But without the world records. Do you remember Timmy Mallet, Chris? No, I do not. It was before my time. Really? You don't remember the wacky hijinks of Timmy Mallet? He can't have been quite as wacky as Cherry Yoshitaki. I've never heard of this guy until you no. brought this up today. Why has he got all these records then? Is he just like a, he's a Japanese TV personality who wants to mm. have he wants some to break as many records, records as possible? Yeah, he just wants to sort of do it. And he's just kind of constantly uh, dressing in a rather. He's dressed in like a kind of like full on uh, bespoke wrestling singlet uh, that he's got. And he's just constantly just sitting on nuts. He'll basically just do anything. Like it's. <laughs> Just and and you'd think like how would you crush a uh, a nut uh, with your bum like a walnut uh, thing? Basically, you, it's not how you think. He lays them out on the floor and then he sort of does the, the like he sort of crunches them with the side of his uh, his hips rather than his bum because your bum would be so, too soft. There's too much uh, purchase there. So uh, yeah, he's just basically. It's I don't think he's really crushing him with his bum. I think he's crushing him with his hip, which is a different uh, record. And I think I think the uh, Guinness World Record people should should be a bit more thoughtful. 
have a think about I it. I mean, can you imagine working for Guinness World Records and you've got people doing like incredible feats mm. and like real like the biggest skydive, the greatest amount of beer that's been consumed, and then you get yeah. Cherry Oshtake with his nut breaking technique. Yeah, that would be a slow day at the Guinness Book of Records, <laughs> wouldn't it? Is that actually is. even in the book? Is that do you reckon they could even fit that in the book? Are they like, oh, we'll just mean? leave that on the website, Cherry? Yeah, we'll just, we won't. So. We yeah, can't yeah. fit that one in the book. Well, yeah, uh, that's not really. I, th- I think, but I think that sort of story would make it into the book. It's like I just, I do think that so, there's something about the Guinness World Records that makes you think that they're just, they're kind of going for that kind of influencer kind of. I'm sure Mr. Beast is in it a few times as well. I'm sure. I think they might be going for like the popularity to keep themselves relevant a little bit. Uh, and and the, yeah. you know, like Mr. Yostaki, Mr. Cherry is uh, he's, he's crushing nuts with his bum. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sort of thing, sort of awful crap I'll have to do in five years when abroad in Japan is on its last legs. I'll have to like do some ridiculous challenges just to get any attention, right? Are you doing a boxing match? <laughs> I'll be, Bring yeah, it on, that's brother. Cool. That's, that's good, cool. That requires, I'm going to get punched in the face. Uh, that's that's going to be fun, that is. I don't even know if it's been formally announced yet. It's really annoying. I don't know if I could even talk about this boxing right. match. That I'm going to be in a boxing match, isn't it? You talked about it last week. You talked about it last week. Oh shit! Week. I, I, that's Don't what I was tell surprised you. about. It's a secret. <laughs> Don't secret, tell huh? anyone. Forget what you just said. <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't really given much away, have I? It, it's it's a secret that doesn't really need to be much of a secret anymore. But yeah, I'm doing a boxing match, and I need to train hard for that. I just did a a, a race that I'll talk about in the next podcast that I hmm. just survived. I did Japan's hardest race, and I survived it. But I'll get into that in the next episode because <laughs> uh, I'm still recovering from that. Uh, it was harder than what anything Cherry Yoshitaki's done with his nuts. Mm. Uh, or what were the other bloody records he's done apart from cracking oh, various flora and fauna? Put, put my phone down now, haven't I? Put my phone down now. Uh, this is on the uh, on the website where I, I steal all of these uh, stories. Um, he, it's just a slow uh, news week in Japan. It's a, it's, just, <laughs> it's a bit of a slow news week. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Um, I mean, to be fair, we've had a summer of pretty big fucking news. To be honest, one of their presidents true, has been true. fucking killed. Prime ministers. Um, yeah, it's just loads of different stuff. To be honest, loads of different stuff. He's a, he's a variety uh, record breaker. Most dried peas moved during, uh, moved using a straw in thirty <laughs> seconds. But that's the sort of thing, like, like I think he's just picking um, awards and picking uh, skills that very few people have actually gone for. Yeah. Is that fair? I, I think that's fair to say. It would be, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's his yeah. low-hanging fruit at this point. It's weird it to is. think that you can look at pretty much every any day, everyday object in your house and turn it into yeah. a Guinness World Record. If you're desperate enough and if you have enough time free time at your disposal uh i'll have to bear that in mind when i uh <laughs> when when things go downwards for born japan we'll be back in just a moment guys with your stories comments and questions in the fax machine hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stresses. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. Are we back with the fax machine? What have we got this week, Mr. Dawson, from our listeners around the world? Around <laughs> the world, Mr. Worldwide. The world. uh, we've got a message from Alberto. Much love from Italy, says Alberto. Hi, fast Chris and powerful Pete. Road biking nerd from Italy here. Oh, they've got some roads in Italy, haven't they? <laughs> they got some bloody roads. The old bloody... I can't remember what the... What's the Italian version of the Tour de France? The, the uh, I can't remember. Uh, um, can you please do a rundown of the bike and biking equipment? <laughs> can you do it to Italy? Thank you. Uh, can you please do a rundown down of the bike and biking equipment used on the ride with Connor. Especially because from what I've seen on Twitter, it looks like you got it right this time. The mountain bike nonsense on the first attempt was hilarious. Sorry. Much love from Italy. Alberto. So yeah, we want to know about your bike. Little curly. Well, I did have Shimano gears. That was the last time I was interested in bikes when I was 12. <laughs> Shimano gears are very important in my life. <laughs> it did have Shimano gears. I think, yeah. well, I think it did anyway. Yeah, it did. It did. Got to be Japanese I, honestly, Shimano as well, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> if you're going to do like any long cycling, get a good bike. Spend proper money. Yeah. I on the first journey across Japan, I think it was a few hundred dollars I spent on the bike, right? And I paid the price for it because it was extremely heavy. Just lifting it up was like hard. This one I spent like in the thousands. I kind of saw it as a long term investment. And it was like a light as a feather. You can honestly pick this bike up. It's made of carbon fibre. You can pick it up with like one finger. No problem. Yeah. It's frighteningly light. It's like witchcraft, right? It's a fucking cherry yoshitaki challenge waiting to happen. Amount of times he's lifted up a carbon fibre bike in one hour. But it's a really good bike. And I would recommend that being the first thing you invest in when it comes to cycling. A good bike. Get a decent helmet as well. I got a really nice helmet that uh, it's it's really lightweight, lots of holes in it, very porous, like Pete. <laughs> and it's just nice. It, it had a really nice airflow to it. Got some gloves and uh, some bike pants, and that was pretty much it, really. Bike and pants! Chris's bike pants, he's selling them on OnlyFans. <laughs> he's going <laughs> to sell his old bike pants. <laughs> like used bath water. Yeah, honestly, the bike pants are everything. I can't remember if mm. you wore bike pants pants when you cycled pete did you do it no i knew you only did a very short period of time and uh, the mountain bike was plenty soft (laughs) yeah 
I mean, without bike pants, this cycle would not have been possible. We just did, yeah. you know. Um, it's more important than having a good bike seat. Just have good bike pants, lots of padding. Uh, I did actually mm. replace the seat on the bike as well, though, to make it more comfortable. Connor did not, and he was in a lot more pain than I was. So bear that in mind. Get a good bike, good seat, nice helmet, good bike pants, gloves, sunglasses, and a bottle of water. Job done. Easy. We've got one here yeah. from Ross, who says, Dear Kissy Chrissy and Perky Pete, I am a massive blade runner nutter, and I recently... <laughs> that's what he's written. I'm a blade oh. nutter, and I oh. recently purchased the movie-accurate coat worn by Ryan Gosling in Blade Runner 2049. Ooh. It cost a, la- a rather large sum. Uh, during your time in Japan, have either of you made exorbitant purchases that other people thought were daft? If not, what would you buy if you could? Dreaming of electric sheep, Ross... And Astrid. That's uh, a nice... Like a bike. I'm, I'm, I'm looking... So it's basically a fur lapel leather trench coat. Mm. Um, it's quite a nice coat. It's not bad. Yeah, it's quite a nice coat. I, I think I'd wear that. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think I have actually put... I'm, I'm quite a frugal person. The only thing I do spend a lot of money on is camera lenses. I right. do think... I, I look at a video of someone... A video someone's made... And I go, oh, I want that lens. And I buy it and I mm. shoot like one shot on it and it goes on my shelf and I buy another one. And that's the only thing that I keep, the only exorbitant stupid purchase I make. And maybe the bike. The bike was a bit too much. Maybe the bike, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, Pete Donaldson's your man, though. He's your man when it comes to exorbitant purchases. His house is just one big, like, it's, you know that place in Indiana Jones at the end where the Ark of the Covenant goes in the shed, in the big mm. warehouse in Area 51? <laughs> that's Pete Donaldson's house. It is like that. Yeah. Yeah, the um, I um, yeah, I, I mean, I always come on with like automatons. That, that's my little sort of <laughs> collectible purchase. But they're only like sixty quid, forty quid each. Um, but yeah, I've I've come over some. I've come on with um, old tellies. You can sort of see up there, Chris. Did you I've get anything in the US? With, uh, I come home with a tiny, uh, a tiny mobile phone, Android mobile phone. Oh yes, I came Ooh. home with a. Um, uh, what was it? Oh, it wouldn't have been a wolf. Um, they're coyote, 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 coyote. Why can't what? I say coyote? A coyote's penis bone. Um, there was a uh, shop that was selling coyote penis bones, uh, and I was like, I've, I've got to have myself a. Uh, if you have the opportunity. <laughs> Oh to my buy God. a coyote uh, penis bone, you just have to go with it, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, came on with that. Oh, I got the yawn on. Apologies. Thinking about the coyote penis bone, <laughs> my mouth just opens wide whenever I think about a coyote penis. How much was this trinket? And this, it this was about souvenir. 20 quid, I think. It was about 20 quid, yeah. So, And where is it now? Where's it gone? I, I pressed it into my partner's hand and said, There you go. Happy birthday. Have <laughs> a bit of that. <laughs> People yeah, criticised yeah. me years ago for giving my then girlfriend's post-it notes. You've yeah. taken it to a whole new level. At least post-it notes are practical. The coyotes, <laughs> undergarments. You heard and it here first. <laughs> post-it notes are practical. <laughs> that's just uh, that's absolutely disgraceful. That's absolutely disgraceful. I know. I know. Although that being said, it was rather well priced. I wouldn't class that as exorbitant purchase. So uh, well no, done, but I mean, you uh, but you do sort of go <laughs> just find. I mean, just find the the body of a of a of a goddamn. Um, Coyote and just you know get involved. So, I mean, don't I don't think you necessarily need to find a, a. It was basically this kind of swanky 
uh, kind of chintzy um, sort of midtown, just near the Flatiron Building, uh, kind of uh, collection of, of of really expensive animal borns, effectively. Um, so you had like proper monk, like you know, stuffed monkeys and stuff like that, which I would have fucking loved. Um, but uh, yeah, you can't encourage that sort of thing, though, can you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you can't. This is this well, if they're is from a zoo. Things, I mean, it's from a zoo. I mean, like I when I used to work in the zoo, the I told that story before. Uh, I found like a, a big cupboard full of um, animal uh, fetuses. So I, 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 oh I had a, a chimpanzee fetus I wanted to take home. I mean, of all the things you could have brought back from the US, that's that's like the top ten list of not what to bring back. <laughs> but there you go. It's Pete Dawson for it. Some people bring back food and snacks and sweets. Others bring back oh the of the coyote. <laughs> Fantastic. You want to hear from Olivia from Malmo, <laughs> Sweden. Hello, Chris and uh, Pete. When I was in Hakodate, I was offered free food, which turned out to be whale meat. I ate out of politeness, oh but secretly disgusted by it. What has been your worst free food experience in Japan? Mm. Olivier. Um, uh, I think probably shark fin, which I find atrocious and appalling. I got. A, mm. I went to a really nice restaurant once, and they brought a soup, and I didn't really. I couldn't read the kanji. I didn't know what they were saying. This was years ago, and uh, it looked a bit like mushrooms. So it had like the texture of a gigantic sort of mushroom in some soup, and right. it tasted all right, if not flavourless and a bit rubbish. But and then I discovered it was like a shark fin, and I was really not happy about that because I, I right. think it's an abhorrent sort of cuisine. And um, yeah. I've not had it since, thank God. But like that was really not. But they sell it at high-end restaurants throughout Japan and throughout Asia. It's a very sort of popular dish. It's sort of Michelin-star restaurants and high-end places that they mm. try and stick in there. Um, I don't. Th- I think I've had whale once, and it wasn't good. And I don't know why they eat that anymore. That's something that should have stayed in the post-war era. And uh, I think that was back when there was not much food going around after the war, and mm. uh, fishermen were like, "Let's just get some whales in," and that. Kind of took off from there, but I think I think yeah. I had the 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 naughty platter in uh, Iceland once. Uh, fetid <laughs> shark, um, oh, whale meat, and old old penguin. Not penguin. Would it be a penguin? Uh, maybe a penguin. I think penguin. Uh, could it? Would it have been penguin? I don't know. I don't look. look come on, come all. If you're gonna eat a cow, eat a fucking. <laughs> Penguin. I don't know. Oh, it wasn't very. Again, not very nice though. <laughs> None of it's very it's nice. A sa- it's a sad end to Pingu, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Pete Dawson biting off Pingu's head. Uh, I also had a crocodile tongue once. I was in a bar with Joey in what? Sendai. When's where... the ed- when do they ever have crocodile <laughs> tongue? When does a crocodile oh. stick his tongue out? This place did it. Uh, we, it was a really like dodgy bar. They had like it was drinks, food, and. Uh, uh, BB guns, like airsoft oh, guns. Oh, they love a, a BB little... airsoft gun. They love those. Fucking they do, guns, yeah. don't they? Mad, isn't you, it? You, you could shoot down the target range, and while you were shooting, they'd come out with your drinks and some crocodile tongue. And uh, <laughs> didn't really want it. It wasn't good. Don't eat that. <laughs> I don't know why they served it. Maybe because Sendai is famous for cow tongue, and so they thought, let's go one step further and present right. crocodile tongue. It wasn't good, and uh, I again regret eating that. Um, you had horse. I've, what do you think of horse? Um, Your favourite? Yeah, nice. Um, Sakura, Sakura uh, Niku, is it? Sakura Niku. Yeah. Sakura Niku. Cherry blossom. Ah! Blossom meat because it looks like cherry <laughs> blossom. It's the colour of cherry blossom, isn't it? Isn't that nice? 
The, it's, yeah. I mean, eating, I, eating uh, meat in general is fucking rank, isn't it? I remember yeah, I was watching that uh, Vice documentary, probably mentioned it before, uh, about a man who only eats um, macaroni cheese. Um, <laughs> and he's it's basically it's 20 minutes uh, about this man who it's, it's all he will eat. And, and I don't know what happened in his <laughs> past, but he's very uh he just he just he just loves uh macaroni <laughs> and uh and yeah so he's in a situation where he will only eat that and and he looks at the meat counter and he goes uh meat is disgusting absolutely gross what like what sort of person eats meat um and i'm kind of inclined <laughs> to agree with him <laughs> when it comes to like when the opposition is just having a lovely bowl of macaroni cheese so look I, you know eating meat is gross <laughs> I mean, I, I still do I, it. I do. I do like macaroni cheese quite a lot. I mm. uh, Con had a house party once, and I think uh, his producer Maylene from Trash Taste turned up with some, and I devoured it. I was. I yeah. think I took the whole thing, and nobody else got any, and it was a worrying addiction. So I can relate to the person and their addiction to macaroni cheese. I can relate to it. I do have some days. I know what you mean with meat. You know, I eat a fair mm. bit of meat. I've tried to cut it down over the years. But certain times, certain meats, you do look down and go, oh, that's not good. But then most of the time I don't. And that <laughs> is why I'm well known for eating all the wagyu. But yeah, I've, yeah. I've generally cut down uh, my uh, my meat consumption. I've cut down red meat anyway, at least, which uh, I don't think is very good for you. But that's mm. a debate for another day. People are going to kill me now. Chris, it's full of iron, they'll say. Chris, eat the meat. Chris, eat more wagyu. I think I've eaten enough. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back later in the week, guys. Do all over again. But for now, no matter where you are, out in the big wide world, have yourself a great few days. Don't get things about coyote. Oh, God, I'm going to have that stuck in my head. Pete's dodgy souvenirs. <laughs> Don't do that. But we'll see you later in the week. Still over again, right back here on the Abroad Japan podcast. Bye for now. Bye for now. <laughs> it's Kim and Ito, baby! Abroad in Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.